Hey moms, welcome to the Mom Mindset Show, where we talk all things mom life from A to Z. I'm your host, Rachel Benson. I'm a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. I've been through every age and stage of motherhood, and I've never met one I didn't like. I've also never met one that didn't come with its share of challenges and personal growth. As moms, we set the mood and tone of the home. We're the emotional support and the cheerleaders for everyone in the house, not to mention the cook, the chauffeur, and the housekeeper. There's a lot to know and do, and that's what I'm here to help with. I want to help you create the home and family life of your dreams. And I do that not only by helping you with the skill set, but more importantly, the mindset that can really help you succeed as a mom. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about what's on your mind today. Hey moms, welcome to the podcast. I'm super glad you're here. I didn't get to record a podcast last week because my daughter Ellie was in town and we had so much fun family time, including trying to take a family picture with the 19 of us. There's 19 in my family with my kids, their spouses, and the seven grandkids. And you can imagine how that went, but we had planned to meet at a park and do our pictures there. And a storm came in, which is, isn't that just how life is? Like, it's so rare that we have summer storms here, especially in June. Like, this was more like an August summer storm. So it started to get dark, and somehow we managed to get one picture, but I was planning to get new pictures of the whole family, and so I could have, like, my whole coordinated wall that I have that works out perfectly with three and three kids, you know, um, three boys, three girls. Well, that didn't happen. But anyway, so now that she's gone and I feel like we're settling into summer, I bet a lot of you are too. Maybe your kids had their last week of school or that's coming up really soon. You know, that week where they go and all they do is watch movies because everything's turned in and they have their field day and all of that happens. And then it's like, well, now we're bored. (laughs) Just kidding. But that kind of seems like how it goes. But I'm just enjoying the spring weather so much and I'm finding that I have spring scarcity like we we always joke here in Utah that we only get like two weeks of spring and two weeks of fall and the rest is winter summer or road construction so it's always road construction in Utah those winters and summers do a number on our roads so when I'm not outside in these beautiful perfect 70 degree days I'm like oh my gosh I gotta get out there this isn't gonna last and I turn it into a problem and I use that term problem only because that's what I want to talk about today so that was my good little segue into that I really wanted to address this topic of problems and how we deal with them because as moms like we have a constant It's just like a constant thing where there's new problems and challenges and questions and things to deal with that come up all the time. And it can totally weigh on our minds. One of my friends told me once, I think she had like 10 kids. She was older and wiser than me. And she had this saying that like, if you have a car, you have car problems. If you have kids, you have kid problems. If you have a marriage, you have marriage problems. If you have a house, you have house problems. And I thought that was so true. And I always tell my real estate clients that all your house problems, or at least like 75% of them, will be water problems. Do you hear me? Like, 
it's always either water coming in where it's not supposed to, like dripping through the roof or a sprinkler breaks and floods something or something like that. Or water's not flowing out where it's supposed to be, like, you know, down the toilet and out to wherever it goes. I think I'm having that problem right now because there's a smell in my laundry room that I know in the past has meant that there's a clogged pipe downstairs which would totally make sense since my daughter's family was staying down there last week. So, you know, it's always water problems, your house problems. So get really good at solving water problems and not getting all bent out of shape about them. And you'll do yourself as a homeowner. That's just Rachel's real estate tip for today. So getting back to what my friend said, like, if you have kids, you have kid problems, right? If you have a body, you have health problems. And that is 100% true. And it Of course, since I like to think of everything in the positive, I'm like, oh, but if you have kids, you have kids. Like, you have all these reasons to be happy and just so many wonderful experiences with being a mother. If you have a marriage, you have someone to love. If you have a house, you have somewhere to live. So I like to look at things that way. And yet I totally acknowledge that the problems get our attention big time. Like, last week, or maybe it was like even longer ago than that. Maybe it was like a week and a half ago. I I slammed my toe into a grocery cart at Trader Joe's. And I swear I about died. It was one toe. And it's like one square inch of my body. And it was like so, so painful. I couldn't even think about anything else. And then it became like a magnet for re-injuring it. And I hit it that exact toe, that exact spot like multiple times over the next, you know, week or so. So it just wasn't getting better. And I was taking Advil and just like trying to deal with it. And I don't know if I broke it or jammed it or what I did, but it was so, so painful. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating that this one square inch of my body is getting more attention in my mind right now than every other part of my body because it just hurts so bad. It's just drawing all the attention to it. And then the most fascinating thing happened. I went to get a pedicure. So I waited because I was like, I can't with how bad this hurts. Like that's going to kill when they're like rubbing my feet and stuff. And so I finally was like, okay, I can do this. But I forgot to take Advil when I went in. And so I was like, this is going to hurt. But he was nice when I told him it was injured. The guy that does my nails, so sweet. And, but then towards the end, like he needed to separate my toes to like, you know, they separate them to paint them with those little toe separators. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And the crazy thing is my toe has felt better ever since he like locked it into that spread out position and left it like that for maybe like, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. I was like, why did that work? better I maybe I did jam it and it was just it was just the perfect solution that I needed that I never would have thought of as I was just like oh what can I do about this like I don't think you can do anything about a broken toe and it was just kind of like miraculously over it's still just the teeniest bit tender but it's not like take Advil multiple times a day tender so that was a sweet little experience that I greatly appreciated so as moms I just think Like, kind of like my little toe, it's always the kid that has 
the biggest problem or concern that we have for them that like draws all our attention. I think of parenting as like a game of whack-a-mole. If you ever saw those whack-a-mole games at Chuck E. Cheese, I'm sure they have mother nickelcades and things like that. But if you can visualize what I'm talking about is the game or little moles pop up out of holes and then like you take a hammer or a mallet and you smack them down and like, oh, I got that one and another one pops up. And I think that's how our problems go and our like our issues and concerns about our kids. And so today I want to give you some ways to think about problems that are more empowering so that you're not always feeling bogged down by the problems and weighed down with these things that a lot of times you can't fix or control or they're just going to be like ongoing issues that you need to sort out how to just deal with, just live with, you know, and eventually overcome or You know, my mother-in-law had nine kids, and she always said, this too shall pass. That was like her standard baby shower advice. Probably still is. It's like a scriptural phrase. And I have sure found that to be true. Just what you're worried about now, you won't be worried about a year from now or two years from now. It will just either be over and done and resolved, or it will be how life is. I was looking back at some journals recently that I had written in 2020 and just at the start of the pandemic. And I was like, wow, it's so interesting to see how I was thinking about that and wondering what was going to happen. And and here we are in 2023, and the world became a better, stronger place in so many ways. It's incredible. Like, I think one of the best things that came out of the pandemic for a lot of people was the option to work from home. And like, we all know how to do that now and do school from home. And we figured out how to get a steady supply of toilet paper and all the things that we need, even when we didn't have the normal supply channels and things like that. So, you know, we came through it. And I know there were some really hard, you know, problems that came with that too for so many people. But point being, you know, that how we thought about the pandemic at the beginning, even three years ago right now, we were all like, what is going to happen when we were in that total lockdown state? And life seemed so uncertain. And now, you know, a lot of us kind of came out of it like, oh, we're kind of stronger for that. So on that note, I want to just talk about how we can approach the inevitable problems in life that we can all expect are going to happen with a positive and proactive mindset approach. First of all, like I just said, expect problems. They're part of life. Life is kind of like 50-50, like I was saying at the beginning. You have kids, you have kid problems, and you have all the blessings as well of having children and all the joy that that brings. And you have a car, mostly you have reliable transportation until you don't, and then you got to deal with that, right? But we expect it. We expect cars to break down. We expect you know, houses are going to eventually have water problems at the very least and other problems as well. And our appliances are going to break and things are going to happen. And a lot of our problems fall into just a few main categories. And I think it's helpful to realize that because then we can know like, okay, you know, this is how life works. And what I think those categories would be our like people problems, like relationship problems within the family and, you know, all your other relationships that you have. 
personal problems, which are the things that we might be dealing with personally, like, you know, maybe we experience a lot of depression and mental health issues or physical health issues or just a lack of self-confidence or just, you know, I know a lot of people deal with things like infertility and, you know, those problems are, are really hard and, you know, we just have to kind of get through them personally and work them out within ourselves. We all have health problems at times, whether it's our own or someone else in our family. We already talked about house problems and, and the other things that we own, you know, whether it's appliances or cars or whatever. Um, we have those kind of issues come up in our life. And then we have like money and employment problems, income issues, budgeting issues, things like that. So, so maybe while we're talking about this, you could think about what are the biggest problems I'm experiencing right now? And do they fall into one of those categories? And a big thing is like thinking about what you can control. But here's one thing we can always control. And that's how we're thinking about the problem. Because honestly, a lot of times the biggest problem is how we're thinking about the problem. If you were able to listen to my last episode where I explained to you the model and how our thoughts create our feelings, if we're having a lot of thoughts about our problem, like, I can't do this anymore, or my child is so difficult, or we will never have enough money to, to get ahead. Like, how are we going to put our kids through college? How are we going to save? How are we going to get out of debt? This is never going to work. Thoughts like that create feelings of hopelessness, despair, frustration, worry, those kinds of emotions. And when we have those kind of emotions, just like I explained last week, we kind of get tied up in mental knots and it's hard to make an action plan and move forward. And so we want to check ourselves and see how we're thinking about our problems and what kind of emotions that's creating. Because a thought like, I can't do this anymore, will leave you basically frozen with fear and discouragement and that kind of thing, and you'll find yourself really not doing anything because you're thinking you can't. And when we think we can't, the result is we don't, right? You've all heard that thought. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you're also right. I think I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. So, I just want to give you an example of a friend of mine who had a problem that I think most of us would be extremely concerned about, and that's that her son was in jail. I don't know the circumstances, but I know he was allowed visits. And she would say to me, like, I don't even, I feel bad that I don't even worry that much about it. I just go and I read to him. And that's what she did, because that's what she could do. Like, he chose whatever he chose that landed him in jail. And I just, when she told me she had a son in jail, I was so surprised because she was always like so upbeat and just doing her thing, always busy, always serving people. I'm sure she was a fantastic mother. I didn't know her in that role, but anyway, that was her approach was just like, I don't even worry about it. I just go read to him and visit him and do what I can. So I, th- I thought that was a fantastic example of how a pretty serious problem when we think about our role and 
what, what we want to believe about the problem, we can either feel better or feel absolutely terrible. Like she could have been way too ashamed to tell me that. She could have been wringing her hands and like losing sleep at night over that. But that was not the approach that she was taking. I think this is a really good example too of, I can't even think of the person who says this. It's some self-help guru that talks, self-help guru that talks about how there are three kinds of business and it's our own business, other people's business, and God's business. And obviously the only one of those that we can control is our own business. But how much time do we spend in other people's business worrying about their problems or trying to solve them or trying to intervene when they don't want us to? If we could just make that one objective, like, I am not going to worry about other people's business. And as moms, I want to especially apply this to our grown children. Like, I had to make a policy a few years ago. I don't know. My kids that have been married the longest, I think they're at like nine years now. And so I had to just decide, like, I will be an example. I will be a support. I will be there for them. I will love them, but I will not get in their business and try to solve their problems. If they come to me for counsel or advice or help, you know, we'll do what we can. But other than that, you know, I raise them. I've taught them what I believe. I've taught them my faith. You know, I've taught them they can pray. I've taught them so many things. And now I have to choose to believe that they will apply those tools that I've given them however they want, and they will work out their problems. And that's how we all learn and grow. And as far as God's business goes, there's just some things that we can't solve and that we can get so worried about the future, whether it's, you know, what someone's future is going to look like or our own future is going to look like or even what heaven and the afterlife is going to look like. And come on, guys, we have no idea, literally no idea. And when I start worrying about that kind of stuff, I just tell myself, hey, you know, the final judgment is a long way off, and we're all still living and breathing, so we can still continue to work on these problems and try to get the other side of them. And I just love the expression, I'm just going to let Jesus take the wheel. Actually, in my philosophy, Jesus already has the will, but sometimes I don't want to let him drive. So, you know, just let him literally take the wheel and and trust that the future is going to be okay. Whether you think of that from a spiritual perspective or not, I have a thought that really gives me a lot of comfort. And that is, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And whether or not you are a spiritual person, I think those kind of thoughts are good. Like the future will take care of itself and I need to figure out what I'm going to do today and this week and what's in my control and what I have to let other people handle. I had a psychologist tell me once, like, you need to think about who owns this problem. And I was trying to sort of take responsibility for someone else's problems. And that was such good advice. It was like, this really isn't my problem to solve. 
And so, again, going back to what I said at the beginning of this part, like, a lot of times how we're thinking about the problem is the biggest part of the problem. Are we trying to solve other people's problems? Are we worrying about what other people think of us? Oh, my goodness. If we could drop those two things, like getting in other people's business and worrying what other people think of us, wow, we could drop like 50% of our worries right now today. Sometimes it just feels like we're on this emotional roller coaster, but other people don't cause the roller coaster. Like at any time, we can choose to get off and just stand on the side of the roller coaster and everybody else can be screaming and freaking out and things can be crazy and we can still choose to stand on solid ground and control what we can control and recognize they're not causing that feeling. The situation is not causing that feeling. It's how I'm thinking about it. And one thing that can really help with that, and I also talked about this last week, is considering that there are facts in the situation and then there is drama that we add to it with our thoughts. So whatever the facts are of your financial situation or your family situation or whatever, just trying to look at those and consider that the facts are the facts and then we apply meaning to them with our thoughts. And those thoughts can serve us or those thoughts can make things even more complicated and difficult and overblown than they actually are. I had a friend who used to say, if you focus on your problems, you get more problems. And, well, I don't know if that's true, that you get more problems, but the problems definitely seem bigger when we focus on them. So what I want to talk about now is how we can adopt a problem-solving mindset. And of course, a mindset just means our thoughts and how we're thinking about it. So here are some thoughts that you could adopt if you choose that could really help you when it comes to considering what you want to do to deal with the problems that you have. One thought I really love, and I'm going to link to a blog post I wrote about this, is people are not problems. If, say, you have a child failing out of school, your child is not the problem. The problem is the failing grades and, like, how are we going to solve this? And maybe their attitude towards school is, you know, what we need to look at. But just, like, seeing the child as a problem and especially thoughts like, oh, I have such a hard child, something like that, or my child is so stubborn. It's so interesting if you put that into the model that I talked about last week, because when you think things like, I have a hard child, you might actually discover that you become a hard parent, and maybe you're always on their case. And so if we get in their head a little bit and see it from their perspective, maybe you're a hard parent. And I know that might be hard to hear, but... Parenting also becomes harder when we have thoughts like that. So if you're thinking, if you're focusing on your child and what they're doing wrong and things like that, try to separate that from the problem at hand that you actually want to solve. And maybe, you know, it really helps if we can get in a mode of like, okay, my child, you know, is having an issue here and they may not 
pass all their classes? How can I support them? How can I help unwind this and not just focus on, oh my goodness, they need a change. They need to get it together. I need to give them consequences and stuff like that. Because that will tie you up in knots and make you really anxious too. And they're not as likely to like want to converse with us and sort things out if we show up with this angry or fearful sort of parenting energy. So just remember, people are not problems. Nothing outside us creates our problems. It's how, again, how we think about them. If you believe that every problem has a solution, you are so much more likely to find it. Um, A really, really good one that can also really help reduce anxiety is to recognize that everything is okay in the current moment. Now, I know that there are some really serious issues that don't seem okay. And, you know, things that cause us terrible grief and pain. And still, we can be like, okay, I'm still here. I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Maybe today we're just going to deal with some grief and some sadness. And there are those situations and those problems, and those are a great opportunity to, to come and get coached and have someone listen and just hear you and, and help you sort things out. And there are a ton of everyday problems that we're just letting our minds run away with themselves and not realizing that, okay, well, what do I need to do right here? What can I do right here now today about this, this problem that's bothering me? Here's another super empowering thought for you. You have solved every single problem and challenge that has come your way to this point in life. Even if you think about when you were a newborn baby, you had to learn to eat, and then you had to learn to crawl and walk, and eventually you had to learn to use the potty. (laughs) You know, same with our kids. Eventually, they learned to drive. Most of them do learn how to use the toilet eventually, which, you know, when we're in the thick of potty training or driver training, which is my worst thing, I have told people, I would potty train three of your kids if you will driver train one of mine. I don't know if I really would have made that deal, but that's how much I hated teaching kids to drive. By the last three kids, I just left it to my husband. And most of them still have not driven me much, even as adults. But anyway, so in your own lifetime, even if you think back to your young adult years, you had to learn to do algebra. And then you had to figure out what you were going to do after high school. And you had to, you know, either go to college or start a job. Or, you know, you decided who to marry, where to live, got through your, you know, your education. And so and now whatever phase you are at in life, you have solved and overcome a whole lot of problems and challenges. And I guarantee that you will continue to do that. You will continue to improve in your ability to solve problems. Because if one thing's true, it's that each problem and challenge that you solve and overcome makes you that much stronger and more prepared for the next one. Here's another really good thought for adopting a problem-solving mindset. Do not say, I don't know what to do. That just like causes a brain cramp. Instead, we can 
think and say things like, I'm considering my options. I know, I know there's a solution. I just need to find it. Another great way to approach your problems is to just keep an open mind and ask yourself really good questions instead of like, why is this happening to me? Or why is my child this way? We can ask ourselves, how can I support my child rather than like taking on their problems for them? If you're worried about money problems, maybe you can ask yourself, how can I manage the money differently so we can get in a better financial situation and create more of what we want? You can ask yourself, how have other people dealt with this problem? I love to think that between God and Google, there is a solution. You know, we can start Googling and just like being open to new perspectives. And so when you've done what you can to get yourself in that positive, proactive mindset, then it's time to just make some decisions and take action if that's appropriate. Even if your decision is not to do anything, but just to wait and see what happens or to let your children or other people in your lives that you're concerned about, like, kind of have the opportunity to solve their own problems, if that's appropriate, just make a decision and go with it and then see what happens and give it some time and let your mind be at ease that, hey, I I made a decision. This is what I'm doing. I'm not going to change my decision 15 times because that creates more stress. The last one I kind of want to share with you is I've said the word problems like I don't know how many times in this podcast, but I actually love to replace the word problem with situation. I want to read you the definitions of problem and situation. A problem is a matter or situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome, a thing that is difficult to achieve or accomplish, denoting or relating to people whose behavior causes difficulties to themselves and others. A situation is a set of circumstances in which one finds oneself, a state of affairs, a condition or combination of conditions that exist at a particular time. I love those definitions because they go right to the point when when I defined situation, that's exactly like what we call a circumstance in the model. It's all just facts and it's neutral until we apply thoughts to it that make it a problem or just a situation that we're going to deal with. Our brains are literally problem-solving machines. So if we can realize that and then like start to focus on solutions instead of just dwelling on problems and that will help us so much to show up as like the calm and confident mamas that we want to be because when we are calm first of all we're not releasing a bunch of stress hormones that make it difficult for us to you know problem solve and also When we are calm, our children can be more calm. We can be more approachable. We can be more helpful and supportive to them. They're looking to us. You know, we're 20 or 30 years older than them or whatever, and they are looking to us for an example of how to deal with life's challenges and problems. And I should say situations. Before I wrap up, there was one final thing I wanted to mention, and this is just based on my experience and 
I think you might also find that a lot of times you'll be losing sleep, like turning over a problem or situation in your mind. And problems just always seem worse at night, at least to me. So I don't know what you've experienced, but like, I don't know, things just get blown out of proportion at night. And, you know, honestly, it's night. So usually there's not a lot we can do anyway. So I've done a lot of work to train my brain to just say, I'll say to myself things like, I will think about this more in the morning after I'm well rested. And that is so helpful. I can't always necessarily get back to sleep. And if I can't, then I will either turn on something that puts me to sleep, whether it's music or a podcast or whatever that will, you know, take my mind out of whatever I'm dwelling on. And that can be super helpful. And the best thing is just to keep reminding myself like, yeah, I'm going to think about this later. I'm going to address this in the morning. And that really helps me get good sleep, which is really important for good problem solving. To have our brain in a rested state is so helpful and so important. So I hope all of that will give you some things to think about. And I hope you can apply it to whatever situations in life you might be facing right now. In my book that I wrote, Mom Mindset A to Z, I have a chapter. When I say a chapter, it's like a page on problems and some good, helpful advice on how to address problems. And again, you can come and get coached or you can ask a question on mom-mindset.com, ask Rachel. And you can come and ask in a question. It's anonymous. I don't know who's asking. And the answer will just be posted on the website. So I really encourage you to look for that resource. And that is all going to be linked in the show notes. So you can look for those there. It's been great being with you again. I am excited to talk to you again next week. Thanks for being here. Hey, Mama, thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoy the ideas I share on my podcast, but you want some help applying them to your personal situation, I want to invite you to learn more about my coaching program, where I talk to moms on a personal basis through one-on-one coaching and group calls. We can talk about anything from the personal challenges that you're experiencing in marriage or motherhood to the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. To find out more and download a copy of my free book, Mom Mindset A to Z, visit mom-mindset.com.